And at the end of it, I was like, okay, I need something to stop me from walking out into traffic. So I went to Yochi in, in oh, Newtown, mm. got in four minutes before it closed and was walking out with my yogurt. And I'm fairly confident someone pissed from the, the balcony <laughs> and it landed like hair, jacket. Oh, oh, no. And then I saw this one drop just landing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it like burrowed a hole and I had to go right at what point do I eat piss? Yeah. <laughs> Can I carve around it? Yeah. You know, with mould on the bread yeah. where you just pick off Spend the Spend the entire night oh. eating shit. Do you and live yeah. in yeah. some piss as well? Exactly, wash it down. Do you live in the American pie universe? <laughs> <laughs> just bro, you just <laughs> <throw> froze <laughs> doing yeah. hygiene. Uh, and my friend go. Stifler came out. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Some heckler from the audience. Is actually <laughs> one that I really need to pee, man. I did oh. think that. I was like, I shouldn't have made fun of those girls. They're fashioned a shiwi. This is their revenge. <laughs> oh, should we get going? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming of age tales. We've got a very special guest in the studio today, a very funny comedian. Beck Melrose is here, everybody. Thanks Woo! for having me. Excited, excited to be here. Coming in. We and we're doing one of our patented overseas episodes. So, yeah, because Beck, you grew up in Engadine. We've, we've covered Engadine already, and so you suggested uh, you've been on some adventures around the world which which caught uh, we were very excited about one in particular which was you had a bit of a a bit of a uh, overseas jaunt into scotland Hell all yeah. through glasgow, glasgow glasgow edinburgh but we're going to focus on glasgow because it's such a gold yeah. mine we were very excited so it's what, the what, better city what's yeah. the better city so set us up on that journey what what got you overseas i guess oh i guess what gets anyone overseas in their early 20s i Met a guy backpacking in Vietnam. It was hate at first sight. <laughs> long night of drinking. We slept together and we were together for three or four years. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a better reason. Did the, did the hate ever abate or was it just three oh, years? Yeah. Of it, it was hate at first sight. I was on a long bus trip and they were up the back. They were just, it was banter, so loud. All I wanted to do was sleep. Yep. And then when we actually got chatting, I was like, okay, they're funny. They're funny when I'm not trying to sleep on a bus. <laughs> Are they Aussies or Scottish? No, Scottish. Scottish guys. Scottish. Okay. And Scott's right. famously very funny. Oh, Scottish so Twitter funny. is one of the funniest things. Like you can just get up like listicles of like a hundred of the best Scottish tweets and they're fucking... Everyone's funny. Beautiful afternoon. It's great. And the, all the meme pages would highly recommend any yeah. listeners. <laughs> Go follow some Scottish meme pages. They're the best. So you meet this guy in Vietnam, you're both backpacking, you you have a little hookup and then he's like, come live with me in Scotland? Is that what happened? No, I probably overattached myself to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting his luggage yeah. on the way home. Like, so where are you going now? <laughs> I don't remember an invitation. I just remember moving to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you go home first or were you in Vietnam being like, we're going back to Scotland? No, we didn't hook up until I went to Scotland, to be fair. So oh, okay. Vietnam, hung out, went home. Moldova, went and visited them. Then that was it. When I was in Glasgow, we hooked up and that worked. We stayed together after. Oh, that. but you always plant. You always had the hots for him. There was a crush, or was it just like, yeah. hey, bunch of guys are friendly with? It was. Yeah, I genuinely okay. think, and I've really done the reflection on this. Yeah. I genuinely think we were just mates. Okay, yeah. and it just happened. Great. Wow. It doesn't happen in your thirties. No, it would be so much easier if I continued to yeah. happen. But and um, so okay, I assumed you must have studied over there, but you were just living in living in Scotland. I lived and worked, so I was a receptionist in Glasgow in my first few weeks there. Great. What a stitch up. <laughs> <laughs> Answering the phone, going, I have no idea what you want. I have no fucking clue who you want to speak to. I can't understand you. It was not easy. Oh my That's god. That's so funny. That's and and Glasgow. Glasgow obviously famously has the Glasgow smile, right? So it's it's yeah. got a reputation for being a pretty tough place and like lots of gangs and things like that. Was it did it feel like that or was it pretty that pretty much the eighties and nineties? I don't know. When I was there, it was voted the most bohemian city in Europe. Okay. <laughs> when you landed there, though, we, got, landed we got one Australian. She's wearing high heels. This will do. <laughs> uh, it, there were definitely areas that I was told not to go. It was like the Lion King vibes, like this is mm -hmm. the East End, you'll never go there kind okay. of vibes. Yep. Mm. Uh, one part of it, I think, has a lower life expectancy than some developing countries. Uh, like it's there I've are areas that are tough. What year were you there? Do you remember? Uh, what I think 2011. Okay, so in 2008, World Health Organization report contrasted um, Carl Carlton, which is a suburb or 
of, of Glasgow's uh, it said that its life, male life expectancy of, of people in Carlton was 54 compared with 67 in Iraq at the time. <laughs> wow. And the 2008 oh in Iraq. So you're doing like 13 more years yeah, in uh, yeah, 2008 in Iraq. Wow. The surge of, you know what I mean? Obama's yeah. surge. And, and it's like, because they eat like shit, they fry everything. Yeah, it was oh, just. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> right. I tell you what, they are packing a hundred years worth of life into 54. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. They're going out on a high. It's not war torn. No. It's just, they're just like, I'm 55. I've they're got every disease. Fry this Mars bar if Burn I want. the candle at both ends. Well, it's also like the hang. pizza the, too. And the hangover mm. drink, Earn Brew, fucking oh, rocks Iron too. Brew. It's just soda. And it's great. It's, it's like. Um, it's medicinal. Yeah. It's um like orange, right? Mm. Something like a Fanta. Doesn't taste like Fanta. No, no. Tastes like that, no, that's oh. absolutely blasphemous. It okay. does not taste. It's totally different. And the secret recipe is so top secret that it's one of those old wives' tales. But I think it's true where they all travel separately. The people yeah. who know the recipe travel oh. separately. Like oh, the KFC cool. people yeah. fly on separate. The royal family and stuff. the Iron Brew. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's it. I think Scotland's the only country in the world where the most popular soft drink is not. Coke, Coke or, or I think or Peru as well. Peru's got one. Got it's got its own one. Yeah, okay. What South Australia milk. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I heard that. What's that? <laughs> Apparently in South Australia, I only heard this recently. Is that like it's common to instead of like you know you go down say you grab fish and chips and you sit at the beach and we, I'd have a Coke or a lemonade and they will drink like flavored milk or plain milk. With their like f- fried food and shit, and everyone's like, "Yeah, of course." Plain you milk as well. Chalky milk, I'm yeah. alright, but yeah. plain milk. It's unless you're eight years old or something. <laughs> no wonder yeah, it's, it's the so fucking murder capital. All these clockwork milk. orange yeah. psychos <laughs> drinking milk. Just milk mustache. I was yeah. more scared seeing that than Glasgow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, when you get there, are you? Did you like move into a share house type thing? Was it was, with people that you knew? Or yeah, so we moved in together, oh, but it was okay. also a share house. Okay, yeah, yeah, we moved fast. This is early 20s backpacking yeah. rules like you don't yeah. actually have to be sensible about it we moved in together share house situation uh it was the best it was a party house there was a big um cut out cardboard cut out of rocky in the window that was on google earth <laughs> i was like this i'm moving into a sick neighborhood this here. is cool <laughs> yeah and you were the were they, were they all scottish or was it a bit of a backpackers vibe in the area they're all scottish but they were also all boys so it was my first experience of living with all boys and one of the things that really stunted me when i moved in was i could not shit in the house <laughs> and it was it was it was crippling. Like I, I <laughs> and I'm, oh, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Eight weeks before I shattered. Oh my oh, lord! Eight oh weeks. my god! And I distinctly remember the first time because they were both at work. I was like, I've got plenty of time. This is okay. <laughs> but before that, I'd gone to like literally a knitting fair that was down the road. I, was like, <laughs> I just feel a sudden urge for a hobby coming on. I, go. I it was awful, awful. And did they? No one had clocked this. Like no, you, it wasn't like. No one was making fun of you. Were just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not risking it. And I wasn't talking about it either. Like, yeah. it's too yeah. shameful to talk about. I'm not telling mm, them I'm yeah. doing this. Jeez. It's just I suddenly had to get an extra ingredient every time I was cooking. <laughs> oh or whatever, you know? man, the panic of that. Oh, and it, not and it's not like the cuisine for it either, because that's gonna like that's gonna go through you. Well, it actually, <laughs> well, no, it helps because it's the opposite. Oh, back yeah. you up, right? <laughs> okay. oh, really? I had a few days grace between. Um, <laughs> I thought a deep fried Mars bar <laughs> would actually <laughs> be like an alarm ring yeah, going off. Feel a poo coming on. Just need to wait for a haggis and be like. That'll me for two days. <laughs> I did see some because like, for me, the food is the, yeah, deep fried. I don't know how common that is, but there's like all sorts of wild food in, in Scotland, right? Like the, I saw something like, oh, and the, the other one is like butter chicken was invented there or yeah, tikka masala, masala or chicken, something like that. Masala. The Glasgow tikka masala. Glasgow tikka masala. Tikka masala good. The yeah. Indian food is unbelievable unreal. there. Yeah. And there was other things oh, I've got, sorry, I should have written it down, but it was like something called like a, a, a treaty box and it was like some box that you get like a bit of pizza a bit of pasta like it was just oh, like yeah, right. it was like all the cuisine was invented by 12 year old boys you know like <laughs> just unbelievable yeah. I love it it was my favourite like if you want to eat yellow go to Scotland they do it the best yeah, better than anyone else in the world everything's in terms of like getting pissed the food in Scotland and England is clear I think like yeah. the kebab and snack pack here are, I would say beat the United States, but yeah, England, Scotland go clear, I think. Their drunk food is really, really good. There was also a restaurant in Glasgow when I was there called Kubla Khan's, and it was this restaurant where you could go in and get an exotic meat. They just had a bay-marie of of raw exotic meats. I'm talking like uh, springbok, they had ostrich, zebra, llama, camel, kangaroo, crocodile, 
anything you can imagine. You'd pick up raw meat and take it over to a, a barbecue where someone was cooking it in very culturally inappropriate costumes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the weirdest part of this. And then you just picked your own sauce from the menu. Like, they don't know what goes with zebra. You're picking. Wow. Was, oh, what does go with zebra? <laughs> Diane sauce? Nothing I found. I tried lots of different pizzas. No good. No it doesn't good. hit. That's crazy to me that they're like deep frying Mars bars and cheeseburgers and then it's just like, oh, let's have some yeah, emu. That sounds like a billionaire. <laughs> yes, that's like, so yeah. weird. Dinner, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, the food I did see there was one drink there uh, that was popular, not own brew, that made me laugh uh, a little bit. Which is I don't know if you remember this, I've heard of it. Buck Buckfast oh, tonic yeah. tonic wine. Yep. So bu- Bucky tonic wine is uh, what a what a fabled history is invented in um, the Buckfast Abbey, which is in England, by Benedictine monks. So Catholic sort of, yeah. you know, pious monks who are sitting there. And they eventually, in the 1890s, they originally sold it in small quantities as a medicine um, using the slogan, three small glasses a day for good health and lively blood. So these, these monks were selling this little tonic as a wine. Um, it got very popular in, in Scotland. And in fact, in 2016, a Scottish court actually officially said on record that a diet of four bottles a day is not conducive to a long life. <laughs> I'll tell you something about Bucky. This is crazy. So a bottle of Buckfast is about seven pounds, so $15. 750 mil, it's 15% alcohol and it has 280 milligrams of caffeine. Holy shit. So it's like effe- compared to a coffee. So what it is, is effectively like drinking a bottle of Shiraz if it had as much caffeine as three cups of coffee. <laughs> now that's making you shit. Four, <laughs> yeah. equivalent, four cans of Red Bull, eight cans of Coke, whatever you want. So, so it's fifth. So it's it's wine and caffeine in one whack for seven pounds. Fuck and that knitting fair is gonna see. Yeah, it. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I just love the people's espresso martini. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, monks in the fucking medieval times invented the first pulse. Yeah, it's like that. It's a pop, but it's not even like a little, it's a 750 mil bottle. And they had to say four bottles a day? Yeah. <laughs> Three, fine. Three was fine. We've four, done a lot of testing on this threshold. Four, it will Two actually you. is good for you. Four, <laughs> now we're in Iraq territory. <laughs> now it's downtown Baghdad, you know. Where is that? So this is an article I read because it became, it's it's quite a cultural topic, I guess, because um, where in, is, in the rest of the world, Buckfast is drunk sedately. In Glasgow, it's become the drink of choice of Ned's. Um, which are a peculiarly uh, a Scottish version of the hooligans, or Neds. Okay, I've yeah. heard of lads. Is it like so? It's not like bogan or kind of no, no, no. or chavs. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're uniquely Scottish, Neds. but I'd reckon our closest would be like lads. Yeah, kind of vibes. Yeah, oh, like a Esche type thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was also one on Google Earth when I was looking at my flat. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Just having a dart out the front, I was like, "Welcome home." This is <laughs> the All Beautiful. the cultural experiences. <laughs> so um, it says here that uh, because Neds commit violent crimes and drink Buckfast, there have been claims that the Buckfast itself is responsible for the crime. And a classic defence in Glaswegian assault trials is the Bucky made me do it. <laughs> um, so the la- a lot of Labour MPs are all. A lot of MPs in Scotland are pushing, um, trying to crack down on this because um, it, it, they say it causes untold misery in communities across the country. It's it's basically too cheap. It gets two people hyped up. It's got all these nicknames. Um, the commotion lotion, which I love. Great. Um, <laughs> the wreck, wreck the hoose juice. Um, so wreck the house juice in a Scottish accent. Um, Mrs. Brown, Bucky, Baracus, Coatbridge, Table Wine. And it's also it's a bottle of... Someone will say, can I have a bottle of what the hell are you looking at? That's good. And the unofficial slogan, Buckfast, gets you fucked fast. Um, and its drinks and its drink is quite prominent within what is known as the Bucky Triangle, which is like three <laughs> suburbs <laughs> in the east of Glasgow. What are, what are the suburbs? Oh, I, I should have looked it up. Um, can you look it up, Drew? Sure. Well, I just, Bucky it's got, Triangle. I had it. It was like Cumbin now. Cumbernum. Cumbernauld, yeah. Um, what, what was the other one? Uh, Cumbernauld was one of them, but there was three suburby things that that. And they actually line up as a triangle. Well, it, any three points. Glorious. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. so it's the area of Airdrie. Coatbridge and Cumbernauld. Yeah. Love that. They love a triangle. They had one in Edinburgh called the pubic triangle because there was three strip clubs on each corner. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, good, good, good with naming shit. Yeah. 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 So then uh, in 2017, Scottish police reported there had been um, 6,500 crimes related to the drink in the previous two years. One in 10 offences, one in 10 of those offences had been violent 414 times in that period. A Buckfast bottle was used as the weapon. Great. Um, a study showed that of the 100, 
Um, 17 people who drank alcohol before committing crime in Scotland. 43% said they had drunk breakfast. <laughs> and another study Strong. of litter around the council, a typical council state in Scotland, 35% of the items identified as rubbish were breakfast. Oh my God. And here's the wildest <laughs> thing about it? this, right? It's still made by the monks of Buckfast Abbey. <laughs> They, the monks. Sick. So what happened was the monks. But so now it must be like mass produced by the, like it's a so, factory. Well, so the, what the monks did was they were, um, at some point, uh, the government or, I don't know, someone said that they don't have a license to sell wine anymore because they were just selling it like at a trinket fair. Mm. You know what I mean? Like arts and crafty no stuff. No taxes is probably. Sure. And then what happened was they said, you can't do that anymore, regulations or whatever. So they just licensed it out to a distribution partner Jay Chandler and company, and they just just mass produced it, but it's still all the profits, so they just do it as a license. So the it's the it's the Buckfast Abbey's greatest source of income, oh and so God. this like Abbey in England is like making all this money, and all these people are trying to stop, um, at least like put the price up, uh, and it, like um, you know what I mean, like don't sell it in these bottle shops. It's, it will yeah. take the caffeine out of it. Who needs that <laughs> much? You know what I mean? Like no one needs both. Drunk in the in the caffeine. Sounds like someone who's but, never had some bucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> He'll never be a man. What the so, hell are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> so the abbots, uh, so the 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 Buckfast Abbey monks and their like lawyers and stuff are cracking down on all attempts to prevent it being sold, or even like the what the cops tried to do was go into the bottle shops. And like put a sticker on each bottle of Buckfast that said it was sold at this bottle shop. So when they was when they were smashed all around town, yeah. they could go like because they're all fifteen year old kids and stuff, right? Then a lot of them aren't of age, mm. and so they're like trying to crack down on um, so lax, shame the guy, that, shame the guy, and yeah. make sure and like and and prevent it being sold and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And the the um, company applied to the court to stop them doing that, um, to prevent them from doing all sorts of stuff, and they basically then sued the Scottish police and made them apologise. I mean, that's what Jesus would want. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I know. Just religious exemption. And they, ju and they just <laughs> say, I know. So they just, it was it just very, very uh, ridiculous that it's just all funded from that. But yeah, so it's currently a real um, social issue there. But it's like- Have like, you ever had some Bucky? Oh, absolutely. You can't go and not try it. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and I tell you what, I would not watch Downton Abbey, but I would watch Buckfast. Yeah. Sure, right? <laughs> it does I seem like the, the Geordie Shore of, of Downton Abbey. <laughs> I was outside in a tiny dress in one degree, just like nothing can kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never felt better. Is it I fizzy? peaked at Bucky. I don't remember. <laughs> that <laughs> That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. You don't remember. I, I can't picture it. No, I, I mean, it's just like, it's literally. It's just um, wine with. Fortified wine. So it's, yeah. it's like oh. sweet wine. I remember wine. being dark. Yeah. I think it's yeah, dark. Right. I wonder if we could import it. Uh, uh, it seems like it, yeah. you can, you know what I mean? It's not, it's an, it's uh, all through the UK. It's just for some reason, Scotland and Northern Ireland in the sort of laddie areas mm. is very popular. Whereas the rest of the U, uh, rest of England, they drink like, um, uh, there's another drink there that's really popular. Mad, Jamie, Mad Dog? Mad Dog 2020? Something like that. Or like White Lightning or something. <laughs> there's some other thing. What's that, Mad Dog 2020? Oh, it's just another one of those drinks that you drink in your early 20s where you don't want to remember the rest of the night. It was yeah, right. it, it says, does what it says on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's You're not silly. having a quiet night in on Mad Dog. Yeah. So I'm sure you could import it 100%, but for some reason it's just ca caught on in, in Glasgow in, in particular as the mm. drink of choice for the for these lads. I but don't yeah. know if we have any Scottish listeners, but if we do, hook us up with some fucking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Patreon episode. The boys drink a bottle of bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm coming back. To that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your your guide, your spiritual guide. A yogi. Just be like, I'll see you guys on the other side, and then pouring us a glass. We're, the we're vomiting like animals. Yeah, yeah well, shaman. That's great. Um, and I because. It is funny when you see, not to be an old man, but when you see those young girls go out in like Manchester and in Glasgow and that, and they're wearing nothing and they're yeah. like, must be freezing. But I reckon if you've had a bottle of Bucky, you won't feel you're it. not oh. feeling that, no, right? No, no. That's something, Canberra winter's exactly the same. Like girls in like tiny tight dresses and, and no coat, nothing. And I'm there with like 10 overcoats on, <laughs> shivering my fucking tits off. No, pussy, absolute pussy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, you're impenetrable with Bucky. It's amazing. What, what's a night out as a young sort of mid twenties in a share house? Are you, is it mainly drinking in the house or you going to the pub or what do you, what, what do you remember? All of it. All, All of it. Like you just drink during the day in the house, <laughs> everyone gets ready. 
I distinctly remember they would all iron their T-shirts at the time, which I was like, they're, they're, they're such These gentlemen. are some respectable oh. ads, yeah. <laughs> Ned, sorry. Did you ever watch Geordie Shaw? I was obsessed oh, with Geordie Shaw. Why, I? Yeah. Fucking mint. I yeah, love yeah. that show. They're, they're such lads and then they do, that's right, when they're going out, they're all like, just like, yeah, they Got iron like a little white shirt. Going to have famous. a pure mental night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely more. Yeah, it was more. I was more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a similar vibes, right? The absolutely. guys all dress similar up. Similar vibes, so good. Okay. Dress up. There's all these little bars uh, that are kind of, you wouldn't know they're there. They're all hidden under the streets in Glasgow. Mm, so you go cool. down, wait till someone gets thrown through a table, move to the next <laughs> one. Unreal. And then you end up, or we used to end up at this place often called the garage, which would have phone parties, nightclub. Again, I can't tell you. I remember there was a big car somewhere in the wall, but can't, can't, <laughs> can't remember a lot else. Guy drove it in one night. It wasn't part of the oh, decor. Oh, well, it's a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a theme all of a sudden. There's <laughs> <laughs> a car in the wall. That's beautiful. That's so cool. It's And as an Aussie, were you well taken in? They What are their views on Aussies, the Scots? Are they... Oh, in Glasgow especially, there weren't many of us. Like yeah. when I stayed in London, it felt like, yeah, cool, another one. Yes. But in Glasgow, people were <laughs> interested or they just didn't care. It was indifference, yeah. which was brilliant. Perfect. But I got a nickname when I got in, which was great because everyone gets their Glasgow nickname and all the girlfriends had nicknames and I got called the foreign secretary. Which <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That felt very initiated. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and you were a secretary the whole time? Did you stay at that job for a while? I was, yeah. I, I had moved around after that because it was temping right and I I embarrassed myself so much at that job moved to another job where I couldn't understand my boss <laughs> and I realized one day he'd asked he was asking me how my daughter was to be clear to the listeners I don't have a kid <laughs> but it was easier to just go oh good <laughs> okay. I knew I was temping I was moving from job to job I worked in a massage place for a while I remember we used to have a client called Eddie Murphy that was the peak of that job <laughs> that's um, unreal I worked as an invigilator I didn't know that what that was when I took the job but it's someone who sits there while everyone does exams oh. and like ah, Harry okay. Potter vibe that was very cool that I had lots cool. of jobs over there it was sick did you ever catch anyone cheating Oh, I wasn't really looking, to be honest. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I didn't really care. Yeah, getting paid yeah, six pounds enough. an hour, go for it. I You're like going to become a vet. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> and was it like, was it was everyone kicking on at work as well? Was there a lot of work social drinking or? Yeah, I, I don't even know if there's a distinction. It's just drinking. If you went out, like, you know how here you go, oh, can I pick your brain over a coffee? Mm. Oh, first of all, no one says pick your brain yeah. in Scotland. <laughs> They're way cooler than that. Yep. But it's always over a pint. Yeah. Business meetings, interviews for jobs. Like I was drinking so, so yeah. much than I've ever drank before in my life. My, my, I used to have a boss. He was a Scottish guy. Jamie's a blister. I, I, I mean, like place. I literally saw Drew just go. <laughs> 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 and, I was like, and like almost telepathically, I was yeah. like, yeah, we'll look we're up we're property prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out the visa application. I've never <laughs> actually been. Neither. It's yeah. unreal. It's the best. Yeah, like, I really want to go. people are the best. When I was there, the, the tourist slogan for Glasgow was pure dead brilliant. Oh, that's nice. Describes it. But yeah. now it's people make Glasgow and it's so true. Like the people are unreal. There's so much shit to see. It's the best place. I love it. Is it? Because like Edinburgh is a like fairy tale looking town. Really beautiful. Is Glasgow like that or is that like, is it like post-industrial sort of grunge? Ah, it's beautiful. It's got the, the West End and Kelvin Grove and there's lots of beautiful, there's so much green parks everywhere, which okay, I wasn't yeah, expecting, beautiful. which was amazing. But I did pick up a brochure while I was in Glasgow that was the top 10 things to do. <laughs> And I think the first one might have been the Kelvin Grove. The second one was something else. And the third one was Edinburgh. They <laughs> 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 don't funny. have the confidence of Edinburgh, but oh, it's a good yeah. city. There's a bit of a rivalry there between Glasgow and Edinburgh though, right? Yeah. Like it's, it is like more even than like Sydney, Melbourne levels. Like, yeah, the rivalry's there. They have hundreds of years behind them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not oh, just like, city. oh, your bits are more yarn-based. We're more punchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more stank on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I was, uh, yeah, no, I had, the, I had this boss and he, he came out to Sydney and because they all love coming out to Sydney, the weather and all that. Like, But he was, his first day, he, it was a company that had offices in Scotland too and he moved from Scotland to Australia and it was like a Friday and I wasn't working there at the time, but this is an infamous story where this guy turned up and was like, hi, I'm from Scotland. I'm the new whatever guy and then meet everyone. And then it was like, oh, you know, and, um, you know, I'll have some drinks. And was, he was gay as well. Right. Um, just for the story, but he, um, they had those in Scotland. Yeah, no, they, that's <laughs> why he left. He <laughs> <laughs> got drop kicked out of there. No, he, uh, so he comes out, um, and Friday afternoon drinks first day in this office 
and has a few beers. And then by the end of the night, he's dancing on the table with his shirt off, singing the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> in the office. In the office. Oh, in place, the office. In his what first day. That's so he funny. Was, but he was the best because we would go. And you know when you're... Uh, in you know, like you want to have a beer on uh, me and Jamie used to always sneak beers Friday lunch, like by mm. ourselves in in the city when we worked in the city. But he would bully you to come drink with him. He was my boss, so he'd be like, you know, lunchtime is like come for a pint, and then he would you go all right, and you full on have a pint, and he would scull it, and then he would be like, come on, let's have another one. It's like you're my boss, dude. You know <laughs> what what is going on here? And he would get legless by like three thirty on a Sick, Friday. Huh? I worship this man. Yeah, yeah he was the most fun dude. And there was a couple of other Scottish. If I worked guys. with him, I'd probably be gay by now. <laughs> <laughs> he did try it on a couple of times actually. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, there's something I, about this lifestyle. I literally was carrying into a cab once, and he was like, trying to make out with me. The more you I tell probably, about this story, the more this is starting to sound like. Harassment. <laughs> <laughs> it was fair. It was certainly not. Uh, you know, it was. I think about it all the time. No, I, uh, <laughs> no, no. It was, it, it was one move, and he was like, I was a bit drunk last time. Oh, that's and, the, and then after the Christmas, uh, one time after our Christmas work party, he messaged me the next day. We, for some reason, they made our Christmas. I think they because there was such a drinking culture of this work because we had six or seven Scottish guys. The company was found in Scotland, and we had an office here. And there was such a drink culture, they decided to make the Christmas party on a Thursday, and. Like that'll stop everyone, uh-uh, right? <laughs> so then on Friday morning, I wake up and my boss Greg messages me and he's just like, "Hey, how you going?" I'm like, "Good." And he goes, um, "Do you know where my shoes are?" <laughs> and he goes, "I mean, why?" He goes, "I woke up in the gutter with no shoes on. I don't know what happened to me last night." I love this guy. I know he is, he is so much fun. But yeah, that, that and I was like, so I was just surrounded by seven or eight, and he was, I think he was from Edinburgh, but the, the rest of them were for were Glasgow. Um, and they were just like, it was not like, hey, we're wild party guys. They weren't like, we're crazy. They're like, this is what you this do. This is standard. This yeah, is yeah. a hunt. They weren't like, they came out here like, why are you guys not so pissing? Fun. And in his defense, like they had this thing when I was there that, that the guys I lived with used to call tops off cider weather. And basically it was once the temperature goes over 17 degrees, it's shirts off, drinking in the park. Like, <laughs> you don't waste the sun. And it makes you really grateful for good weather. Yeah. Like every time there's good weather, we are maximising today. <laughs> yeah, 17 and the lids are coming off. Yeah. That's, That's so, so good. good. I love yeah. it. Uh, i got to go. Um, this is a little story. And I'm curious to see if anyone's ever brought this up to you. So it's a um, famous thing that happened throughout the 70s and 80s in Glasgow. Uh, it's called Glasgow's Famous Ice Cream Wars. Oh, I don't think I've heard of this. All right. So this is um, a bizarre story. Uh, 1970s uh, in Scotland, they're doing like all this slum clearance, very similar to what we've covered in our episode on the rocks, if you mm -hmm. haven't listened to that. Um, basically, they're tearing down all the old tenements and relocating the inhabitants to like purpose-built housing estates like on the outskirts of town. Basically, just like, let's get rid of them out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. Um but the people sort of overseeing this scheme clearly didn't have the foresight to see that people might need, you know, shops for food, maybe even a bus route to get into town. They're just like, nah, we'll just put you out put there. Put them out there, right? Yeah, right. At least a pub. At least yeah. a pub, yeah. He would for sure have a pub. Um, but then, for whatever, like, insane comedy movie plot reason, the people who stepped in to fill the void of no shops were the local ice cream truck drivers. Right, okay. Because they're mobile, you know, they're driving sure. around. They've got funny little tunes. Don't mind that. Um, and so basically these vans would drive around with their little thing on. They would primarily sell ice cream, but they would also sell everything from fish to toilet paper, cigarettes, like a little a bit of ostrich meat as well, yeah. some <laughs> zebra. Um, so they would have every, it was a general store on wheels. And oh, they would. That's uh, cool. They it's would, crazy that that doesn't exist more. Like yeah. Generally in suburbia, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah a, I agree. Because even like where I grew up, the ice cream man would come around, but the corner store was pretty far away. True, yeah. You know, know, that's a good little mar a racket there. We should start it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the comedy movie. It's been you blundering our way through a failed business venture. <laughs> you can team up with the guy on my Uber Eats who has a corner convenience store on Uber Eats that just sells cream whippets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Who needs yeah. those at 12? Very forgetful yeah. chefs out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, this whole affair started out with some little turf wars 
Um, so here's a quote from a newspaper at the time. Quote, Mafia-style warfare broke out when two brothers decided to muscle in on an ice cream monopoly controlled by two families, read the Glasgow Herald in 1979 in a story detailing how two brothers, both ice cream men, had attacked a rival ice cream van with bricks and planks of wood and caused a mob scene. Wow. Um, So these little businesses, they became so popular and profitable, so of course they immediately draw the attention of local criminals who intimidate them into selling drugs and stolen goods out of the vans as well. So you can pick up your heroin, you can pick up some dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Now I really want to move there. (laughs) And then basically, much like any other drug dealing, now there's proper turf wars. There's approved routes that you can take. You can only sell on your particular area and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then this is where it really kicks off. Vans start getting smashed up, shot at, drivers are attacked. Uh, Here's another quote. Quote, uh, on September 9, 1989, the Glasgow Herald reported that uh, while serving ice cream in a van, an 18-year-old was shot in the shoulder and permanently disabled by a 23-year-old ice cream gang member. Ice cream gang. That's oh, what they're called. They're called the ice cream gangs. Damn. Yeah. And um, yeah, so at this point, I would do want to stop to remind everyone, this is all happening in like a Mr. Whippy looking van, bright colours. <laughs> With green slants like, playing. Like yeah, yeah. It's absurd. That is unbelievable. Um, there's no modifications on these things. They're just like straight up tough as fuck. Glasgow gangsters dangling one arm out of the ice cream van, probably singing in it, cruising around with the tune. Uh, 1984 is when it comes to like a massive like head when this is um, sort of the, the central point of this whole affair. This dude called Andrew Batboy Doyle infringed on someone else's uh, territory, allegedly refused to back away or sell any merchandise for the dominant gang. And all the usual tactics like smash up the windows, etc., is not working. This guy's like, fuck you, I'm selling my ice cream here. He was like straight on the straight and narrow kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but what ends up uh, happening is the gang get back at Doyle by burning down his house with him and five other family members in Holy it. Holy moly. Including an 18-month-old old baby. Jesus oh, Christ. Nice. So naturally, Glasgow's up in arms about this, right? Yeah. It's a big fucking scandal in the 80s. People are pissed off. They're all angry at the cops. Cops desperate, obviously, to make a conviction. Um... And eventually, this police informant called William McDonald, love his name, he claimed that he heard a bloke called uh, TC and his henchman, Joseph Steele, and others talking in a bar about how they were going to teach Doyle a lesson by setting fire to his flat. So they arrested this dude, TC, whose name's, I think, Terry Campbell, and this dude, Steele. They Tough arrest- cunt, I reckon. Yeah. yeah damn. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so they arrest them at su- uh, as suspects. The police claim to hear each man make separate incriminating statements referencing the crime, um, which were later criticised for most likely being made up by the cops. I don't think the cops in the 80s were very, you know... Straight and narrow. Straight and narrow, yeah. Lucky okay. that's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all good now. Um, both men, though, denied the charges. They both provided alibis, but they were still convicted and giving li- given life sentences. And then what ensued was a 20-year court battle by Campbell and Steele. That's one of the most contentious in Scottish legal history. Um, and later, in the later words of Campbell's solicitor, uh, 20 years of hunger strikes prison breakouts, demonstrations, political pressure, solitary isolation, prison beatings, and legal fight after legal fight. So basically this dude, uh, TC, this Campbell bloke, went on several hunger strikes in prison. Steele escaped three times to protect protest the conviction against him and did all these like public stunts like he super glued his body to the outer gates of Buckingham Palace in 1993 <laughs> holy shit like he was just like we're fucking innocent and he's like what, what? rolling on the clag so he and broke like, out of jail <laughs> and then glued himself to the <laughs> yeah, fence yeah, which yeah. was like so good that's right um, but then so uh, what do we got so okay so this started to ramp up all like the protests and stuff really ramped up after 1992 because a massive part of the prosecution's case against them fell down to this William Love guy who said he overheard them talking about, you know, the crime in a pub. And that, that was like the whole case. Uh, and then in 1992, this journalist was researching a book about the whole case. He tracked this Love guy down and uh, William Love was straight away like, yeah, I made that shit up. <laughs> Fucking he hell. Just out, he did it. He, he uh, swore an affidavit to that fact and was like, I made, yeah, the the cops were just looking for something and I was like an informant. He was another ice cream gang guy and he was just like, yeah, I made it up. That's all they had on him. Jesus so 1992 God. that happens. They're granted leave to appeal after this sort of comes forward. Uh, but the convictions weren't overturned until 2004, 12 years later. Wow. And they're both, they were both released. Uh, no one apart from TC and John Steele, uh, Joe Steele, has ever been arrested for the murders. Doyle family, it remains unsolved. 
However, there's been all these like claims that various gangland figures have confessed to the killings on their deathbed. Um, and the latest update I saw was that poor old T.C. Campbell died 2019. It was like national news. Um, but my favourite fact, and you mentioned earlier how good Scots are at like nicknames and stuff. During this whole time, during the wars, the Strathclyde, Strathclyde Police in the, the area, instead of the Serious uh, Crime Squad, the locals called them the Serious Chimes Squad, <laughs> based off the stupid little song. Cool. I love Very that. Cute. Cute. But yeah, ice so cream vans, getting around, shootouts. So yeah, so that went till quite recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he died, uh, what, five years ago. And so they never never figured out who did it. and Unsolved to this day. And it settled down? Or is there still a... I think it's one of those things that like people probably still remember, obviously remember and talk about. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a pretty I'm hectic story. I'm surprised that there is like, I guess... But I, it is a perfect way to deliver drugs in, be, in a dodgy area. Oh, Do you know absolutely. what I mean? Ring-a-ding-ding. If you clean... Like, obviously, like, the, the, you know, the small child dying is horrific. But if you got that kind of story and fictionalise it a bit and put it in the hands of the guy that made that... um. Seven Lions movie with you know uh, that British director. Yeah, you, yeah. I reckon you can make a fucking great flick yeah, about the yeah. ice cream van wars. It's very yeah, just the idea of them wearing a little hat, pouring a Mr. Whippy, but also yeah, yeah. giving heroin as well. I think it's four lines going while they're smoking up. <laughs> yeah, <the cigarette>. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a uh, quick story. Uh, do you want? Have you got I have a, a Glaswegian celebrity. Oh, I mean uh, Glasgow's full of celebrities, yeah. obviously, but none more famous. Then Scrooge McDuck. Oh, <laughs> really? Is he yeah. Glaswegian? Yeah. Well, is that canon? Yeah, a Disney yeah. cartoon character has been honoured as one of Glasgow's most famous residents. The city council has included Scrooge McDuck alongside Charles Rennie McIntosh and Sir Alex Ferguson on a list of Glasgow's great and good. Research found that... I love the way they talk about the duck as well. <laughs> Research, <laughs> Research found. found that the cantankerous multimillionaire duck began as a shoeshine boy in the city before leaving for the US to make his fortune. McDuck... Donald Duck's uncle, first appeared in Disney Comics in 1947. He was recently added to a list of fa famous Glaswegians on Glasgow City Council's website. The Who's Who claims to name those who have made their mark on the political, scientific, educational, religious, commercial, and cultural map at home and abroad. It describes the beaked character as the richest duck in the world, Donald Duck's uncle, and great-uncle, of course, to Huey, Dewey, and Louie. The council spokeswoman said some light-hearted research led to the discovery that he was from Glasgow. We are delighted to learn that Walt Disney's Scrooge McDuck is indeed a Glaswegian. <laughs> he joins a list of VIPs on our famous citizens list, including Donald Dua and Billy Connolly. We are, of course, proud to have such a famous cartoon character in our Glasgow who's who. The discovery was made in a US comic called The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Published in 1996, it depicts the young web-footed down-and-out duck becoming enraged after he has paid a US dime to shine a ditch digger's boots. But the coin inspires him to stow aboard a Clyde cattle ship and head to the US to make his fortune. He maintained the link to his Caledonian roots by buying a castle on Dismal Downs named Rannoch Moor, which, which was described as... As desolate a piece of real estate as you'll find anywhere in Scotland. Wow. And so Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge. Famous cheap skate, which Scottish people are, are, are not renowned for being quite cheap. cheap, right? That's the joke in the UK. Yeah, correct? there's a lot of jokes about that. So right. I can see why they've put Scrooge McDuck there. But fancy working your whole life leaving one of the most significant architectural legacies in the world and being on a list next to Scrooge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's such it's a pretty read. good company. <laughs> yeah, which they just made canon in 96. Yeah, like exactly. some like Someone flick of the wrist. Someone just went, oh, this is <laughs> I found just quickly, I got two stories, but one was very quick. It reminded me, uh, I didn't write it down, but just in the cheeky nature, especially of the council was, because um, Glasgow's got quite, um, uh, was quite f infamous, I guess, in South Africa's, sort of apartheid regime yeah, they uh, were. because they were very, very supportive of uh, Mandela and a very against, um, against uh, the South African government at the time. In fact, the South African government had like a consulate in Glasgow and they, while Mandela was in jail, they, uh, the South Africans just never talked about Mandela. They just wouldn't bring him up. They weren't saying, they just didn't want to bring him up and discuss him. So what the Glasgow council did was the street 
that the consulate was on, they renamed Nansen Mandela Place. <laughs> oh, yep. And so that all the letters, all their addresses and all their website, well, not website, but whatever, the letters that had to yeah. send us a letter had to, had to write Nelson Mandela Place to get any correspondence. <laughs> Isn't awesome. that brilliant? It's so They're clever. That is good. So, so cheeky. Yeah, yeah, very, very che- cheeky. It's still there. It's still called Mandela Place. Is it still Place? called yeah, that? Yeah, That's awesome. That's awesome. Just, just a bit of banter, you yeah, know? Like it's so a, good. Just a bit of international banter. Okay, I've got one other story, which I, which is a very um, famous incident, and uh, which was uh, really a, a more a story about the heroes involved than the horrific incident. Um, the Glasgow airport oh, attack. Oh, hell yes. Mito. Yeah. <laughs> He's in. I'm in. I love this story. So, <laughs> okay. 2007, 30th of June, 2007, uh, two men attempted to drive a Jeep Cherokee into Glasgow airport um, full of petrol canisters and, um, um, you know, gas, propane gas canisters. Uh, concrete bollards at the entrance stopped the car from breaching into the doors and full of thousands of people mm. in a massive airport. Um, luckily enough, so the, the, the car smashes into these bollards, um, fire starts exploding sort of out of the car and these two guys, they're, they're suicidal terrorists and they are like, we're going to try to kill everybody. So they start throwing petrol bombs out of the car. One of them sets himself He's set alight by petrol and is running around just trying to attack and kill people. They're flailing. But it's Saturday night and something yeah, else yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the Bucky made him do it, I reckon. <laughs> there's a couple of heroes. Um, Beck alluded to one of them. I'll talk about a couple. But basically, Scottish guys and girls just kick into gear. There's a, firstly a guy <laughs> called um, Alex McLevin. He was a taxi driver. He dropped off a fare. He turned around and he saw these two guys. They saw the crash. He saw the fire. These two guys are running around throwing fire and attacking everybody. Um, apparently, Alex um, McLennan opened his cab, ran over and shouted, fucking come on then. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. kicked, kicked a burning kefil yeah. amayed in the crotch. Oh, kicked right him in the, the balls. Plums, so Alex yeah. said BBC documentary, it was pure daft. I, I was pure daft. I gave him a kick in the crotch. He didn't flinched. Like, he didn't move nor nothing. I gave him a good kick as well. So this guy tore a tendon in his foot when he kicked him in the crotch. Damn. And a, a great article by Cracked at the time wrote, in the space of 30 seconds, this man, the terrorist, was in a car accident, an explosion, lit a flame, then kicked in the balls with so much for- more force than the human foot can technically take. <laughs> um, it also uh, alluded to the second best Scottish headline of all time by the Daily Record, which just literally put a photo of this guy and the, uh, the headline just wrote, I kicked a burning terrorist so hard in the balls that I tore a tendon in my left foot. <laughs> That's what like a would I lie to you yeah. guys. <laughs> Which, uh, and the article, I think Jamie knows the most famous Scottish headline of all time as an aside. Have you heard this one? Oh. It's, a, it's a football match. It's just very oh, clever. Celtic is atrocious. Yeah. yeah so what Inver- a headline. Inverness Cali uh, beat Celtic 3-1 in the Scottish Cup. Massive um, upset in the article. The Hang headline. on, can I remember it? Let me see if I remember it. Super Cali go ballistic Celtic are atrocious. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what that's good. Yeah, it's a great headline. So that I just as an aside, that was another good one. I so like the um there's a New York Post article from the eighties where there was like a beheading in a strip club and it was like um headless corpse in topless bar. I might have put a spin on a horrendous crime. <laughs> the New York Post is undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's great. Uh, so Smeedy, as Vex said, John Speeton, he's the more famous of the uh, heroes of the day. Uh, How can you be more famous than someone saying, fucking come on, yeah. man, wow. just, kicking just someone so yeah. the dick, you dislocate your foot. Yeah. So Only Glasgow could up that. I, absolutely. So Smeedy was John Smeedy. Speeton, a baggage handler. So he was off duty when he saw the incident start I to develop. Having a cigarette. Yeah, he was oh, having yeah. a dart. You got a light, mate. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <chuffing>. <laughs> Only my whole body. <laughs> Just lights off a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, put that in an action movie. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, so he he had the, he was on the break. He observed two men driving the he, um, the jeep. Explosions. He ran over to help. He saw that a police was grappling with one of the attackers, and he, and he said, "You're not hitting the police, mate. There's no chance." So he ran over and began again kicking the man to subdue him. Um, he goes, I, "I ran straight towards the guy. We're all getting a kick in." <laughs> right during the incident, Smeaton also helped drag Michael Kerr, who also intervened in the event to safety. Kerr had been left lying with a broken leg after also kicking on <laughs> Now, what are these? What are these guys made of? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the famous quote that he said on it. So he gets interviewed afterwards, 
and he says to ITV, Glasgow, um, don't I accept this? This is Glasgow. We'll set about you. We'll set about you. We'll set about you. So he says, we'll, awesome. which is great. And then there's this longer quote that he also said, this, which is great. Um, I'm not going to do the accent because it's, it's tough to do in this, but it's basically, he just says, if any more extremists are, st extremists are still wanting to rise up and start trouble, know this. We'll rise ba right back up against you. New York, Madrid, London, Paisley. We're all in this together and make no mistake, none of us will hold back from putting the boot in. <laughs> Which is so good. So he became infamous off this, uh, well, infamous, famous off this, um, sort of a celebrity in Scotland for a while and to this day, I guess, but he was awarded the um, Queen's Gallantry Medal. Um, he was just like a huge meme celebrity. This was after your time, but I reckon would have still been going on in 2011, right? Yeah, I vaguely remember. There's this festival called Tea in the Park. Yes. And I think, have you got, can you remember what happened? I yes. vaguely remember he was connected to that somehow. So he was he was due to take the stage. He was there as a bit of a celebrity guest, Tea in the Park, which is a big um, Glastonbury thing, I guess, right? Yeah. Big music festival. And it didn't happen, but it was, such was the, like he was there and that all happened, but he was going to take the stage and perform a rendition of Take the Power Back by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. And then the festival, like, we can't fit this in, but there was a bit of an uproar because he wasn't allowed to do this, which is so funny. Um, he appeared on the pitch at Ibronx in front of his boyhood rangers. He appeared at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Like, did he tell the story as an, a solo I show? don't know. I just said I didn't see any more. He might have wow. just been, like, I don't know, at some awards yeah, thing or something. Yeah, he should do Fringe. In 2007, Good September, story. he started started writing a column for the Scottish edition of The Sun <laughs> called The Column That Sets About You. This was the oh best one. God. He was invited to appear at the World Trade Center Ground Zero for the sixth anniversary of the September 11th. Come on. <laughs> if only he was there yeah, on 9-11. Would have went down a little different. Would you rather <laughs> Mark Wahlberg or that guy? Kick Just Muhammad standing in front Adam. of the plane with a cigarette. <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then this other guy, um, uh, which I love this guy as well because he um, – so Smeeta was a bit of a celebrity running around making the most of it. Everyone loves him. But this other guy, Stephen Clarkson, was a bit of an unsung hero. Um, so all the kicking and praise um, – he was a much more reluctant hero. Stephen Clarkson – actually, because they're all kicking these – one of them's down mm. on fire. Yeah. The rest, they're all kicking this guy. Beautiful. He's running around and even like the first guy who broke his foot, hurt his tenant foot says like i kept kicking him he wouldn't go down right so stephen clarkson is this other guy and he actually is the one who gets a suspect to the ground at one point and smeet instead of stephen clarkson me and all the other folks were just trying to get the boot in and someone and i love this this word which he uses uh to basically mean smashed but he goes uh to get the boot in and some other guy ran over and banjoed him <laughs> you try to look up what that means and it basically means like just smashed or crushed yeah. or something so basically Languages, it's poetry i know so what happened was clarkson this is clarkson's words um, as soon as I hit him, I knew he was going down. I don't mean to sound blasé. He'd been, do the terrorist guy, had been doing all these commando-style moves to fight off the police, and he seemed to be well-trained. But I grew up in Glasgow. It seemed natural to me that a wee forearm smash would sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a street fighter, but I know how to look after myself. I threw my weight into it. My arm and shoulder met his chest, and he clattered down. So I guess he, like, Just, shoulder yeah, barged shoulder, him or something. Um, and I stood... And then he... Sounds like a go hang at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My arm and shoulder, hanger, I guess, yeah, like that or that. Trick. But it certainly, like, basically smashed him across the chest and clattered down. I stood on his legs while the police cuffed him. One officer shouted at me, who are you? Get out of here. That annoyed me. Who am I? I'm the one who just put him on his backside. <laughs> <laughs> so Clarkson, um, then uh, he goes, I'm a builder. And I went back to work the next day. I've honestly never, never lost a moment's sleep over what happened. So he just like just disappeared. He was just went to work the next day. Work the next day. And yeah. he goes, I got a couple of awards. I met, um, including the Queen's Gallantry Medal. I met the Prime Minister Gordon Brown too. He said, "Thanks for everything." I said, "No problem." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I this love is the so this guy's writing an article like five years later. Like I was the un, unsung hero. They've they've convinced him to write this article um, to tell his story because he hadn't really been come out about it. And he ends it with. 
Um, this this point, this paragraph at the end. Probably the biggest buzz came a few months later. I saw a horse called Secret Hero. I was looking at the name thinking I'd seen it before. That's, I remembered that's what the Daily Record had called me in a headline. I stuck 125 pounds on it. It won and I took home 500 pounds. It felt like a nice ending. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. That's so good. That's a fairy tale. I know. So they're all those heroes. And so only death or serious injury was one of the terrorists who burned to death, the other one arrested. No one else was um, seriously hurt apart from the broken, leg, foot, the yeah. cup, yeah. <laughs> couple wow. of broken tendons. Wow. Wow. You didn't realize there were so many injuries. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they're all like self-inflicted, like trying yeah. to kick this guy to death. Wearing like know. fucking like steel cups or something. Yeah. I, like. I don't understand. It's it, it just like, but the fact that like four or five, and there's other people who, um, including a female security guard who helped like, were ran in not so much to com- comically kick, but was dragging people away like we're all these other heroes as well and just the fact that so many people ran towards two guys in like pretty heightened terrorist era of the world um with a flaming car you know shouting all this stuff like pretty crazy that's nuts i remember there was something about john smeaton that came out it might have been around about the time when i was there that because he was like, oh, we were kicking him and stuff. And then the other two that had broken limbs were like, he didn't land a blow. Yeah, that's what it was. So there was all these stories, a lot of the stories that uh, the about the guy. Truthers. The guy said, yeah. um, nice. fucking come on then. Everyone attributed that to Smeaton. And he was like, yeah, I kicked him in the ball. I did all this <laughs> stuff. And everyone was like, I broke my foot kicking him in the balls. <laughs> and what Smeaton did do was... Um, he pulled someone off the. Uh, he pulled someone away, and he ran around a bit, and then he went on. He got famous from the, the interview. But he gave yes, the best interview. Yeah, though. The, like uh, he deserves the fame from the interview. Yeah, we'll yeah. set a boot. Yeah, yeah it's like boot, yeah. the best. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, no, but you're right. They, they were like, you didn't do shit, really. And he's <laughs> like all on the in the Rangers pitch, and him he's around. like the only yeah. name people could remember too, like because he was the face of he it. He was yeah. the face of it. But um, yeah, just a great moment in Glasgow. History. And Beck, you've got some notes there. I can see which we love. A prepared guest yeah well i just wrote down some of the things that happened while we were there that i thought were quite emblematic of glasgow Beautiful. as a city one of them was world war z was filmed while i was there oh, you wow. know the zombie yeah, movie yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's a, not a good insight in glasgow. <laughs> yeah, right, right? it was cheap this is an insight it was cheaper to shut down an entire cbd and turn it into philadelphia than it was to just shoot it in philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> so that gives you some insight but they turned the whole um city square into philadelphia for, for a few weeks it was unreal cool. chaos cool. but brad and Ange, uh when they turned up i think we're expecting a bit of fanfare and you know crowds and stuff waiting for them at the at this train station and i remember it being reported at the time that they got off this train and because they'd delayed all the trains because they had their private train or whatever that comes up to glasgow and people were fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> so they were waiting for these adoring crowds and it just never happened. That's so funny. And apparently Brad Pitt got a taste for Greg's, which is like their uh, it's like have you been to the UK and had Greg's? Yeah, I've had Greg's. What was you what was your Greg's order? Uh I like the the sausage and bean uh, one the pie what, I think what is it it's like a pie slash sandwich I've heard shop. of like a Greg sausage roll they're, they're pretty yeah, yeah, Greg's yeah sausage they're right. famous they're mm. famous uh, Brad Pitt apparently made friends with one of the guys that ran a Greg's and they were often running late because he was going to get his Greg's or whatever like wow, there's all these myths. everyone had everyone in Glasgow was somehow connected to yeah, Brad and Edge but also didn't give a shit they were there <laughs> at the same time it <laughs> that's was cool that's cool and so weird just watching a Hollywood film made oh yeah, even yeah. when it happens in sydney like you oh, know i love it yeah. um when, it's so much. when the the gods was here and i was out gawking and taking photos what was he about? he was they filmed a um a thing outside my work building it was just like a just a, a scene of like a car and gosling was in the back of it and he had a like a stuntman with him and he, it would, they would just go back and forth like for hours doing this like high-speed chase thing and while the stuntman's doing it like the Goz was just walking around. I was like, look, it's, That's it's Ryan Gosling. Really? Yeah, it was sick. Did you call him the Goz to his face? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so many photos of him. I was God. on my like second week at work as well, and I was sending everybody like, like in the team's chat like photos of the Goz. <laughs> so funny. That's way to endear yourself to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. a statue there too, the Duke of Wellington statue in the centre of Glasgow, and uh, it's just a man on a horse, but every weekend they put a giant traffic cone on I his head. I saw that <laughs> as well, and they can't stop people doing they it, They can't right? stop. They've tried, they, they really tried for years to stop people from doing it, because it is quite dangerous 
drunkenly climbing up yeah, on top of, of the statue. <laughs> but people go now to see the cone on the head. No one cares that it's the Duke of Wellington. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to see the cone. They just left it there. They just left it there. It's, it's all the postcards that you get have the cone on the head. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's unreal. It's the best city. They've got two where I live. They had two buses as well, so you could get the bus or you could get what was called the city sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this rough and ready. Every time I got the city sprinter to save money, I was like, God, I wish I was Catholic. I need all the help I can get. It was like, <laughs> it was flying wild. through. Flying through. But you get to work That's on time. so weird. They're just like, it's not an express. We'll just drive fast. <laughs> 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 but then I realized the ultimate transport hack for me. I was working as a receptionist. I needed all the money I could get. And I was told that you don't have to buy a train ticket ahead of time. But if a train officer stops you on the train, that, that's when you've got to pay. So I used to start, I'd, I'd jump on at the end of the train and I'd just dart in and out and move. And by the time I got to my destination, I'd try and get off without getting caught. Yeah. And I did it, my, I reckon four out of five days. I, I was like the Anne Frank of public transport. <laughs> Everybody just really? evading. Oh, it was awesome. That I rocks. hardly paid. And so you... Yeah, so what's the incentive to buy if they just literally catch you and then you have to pay the ticket? Is that what it is? I don't know. It's That's just a bit of a, so a from the, it's awesome. That's so cool. Absolutely though. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I um yeah, I, I've been to I did Edinburgh Fringe and I went there for uh, for, for that and that's I think you that's did, a false. Did you do shows there? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> we met before. <laughs> um, but Edinburgh, like doubles, because you spent a little bit of time in Edinburgh as well, right? Yeah, but yeah. do you you were there not just for the festival though, right? Because it it's in, it's in, I don't think it's just, it can't be the same thing because it's like it's not like Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's like the city is a different. It's like a different city oh, during yeah, the it's festival. Like two or three thousand artists yeah. turn up for it. It's huge, it, biggest it, arts festival in the world. So, mm. did you, but you lived a little bit in Edinburgh. Did you? Which do you prefer, just living in Glasgow? Yeah. Yeah. But I loved Edinburgh. I was there for the festival for a bit and it was unreal. But what struck me was so many people in Glasgow had never been for a night out in Edinburgh. Really? Wow. It's 40 minutes on the train. <laughs> really? It's, it's like, that close? Yeah, wow. they're that close. That's so funny. So I took everyone to the festival and everyone was like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, it's in your backyard. <laughs> like, you can do so this. so unreal. Edinburgh's a great city, but it does, during the festival, it's huge. It's a totally different place. Yeah. There's pop-up bars and all sorts of shit. And then afterwards, it's September. So I lived in the old town. The uni goes, all the tourists go, all the artists goes, everything closes, and it's cold and there's nothing until Christmas. Oh, really? It was grim. It was, because it's like... Like a very Harry Pottery, right? I think that's where she was inspired yeah, by it or something like it. that. Cobblestone yeah. streets, and so that would be like, I think that would be like if you like that sort of vibe, it yeah. would be cool. But yeah. it's not like a party vibe. But Glasgow yeah. goes all year. Glasgow just yeah, it was awesome party city. So much on nightlife, comedy, music, everything. They used to have this amazing. Oh, I think they still do. Um, amazing music venue in Glasgow where like Radiohead and Oasis and all that got their start as well. It's a great art city as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. They punch well above their weight in everything. I love it. And then they punch everyone well above yeah. their weight. <laughs> <laughs> Under their weight they above their weight. Around. Yeah, they don't care. There's no weight class. Um, should we get the last two? Yeah. I have well, a feeling the itinerary is going to involve a lot of heavy drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, Beck, if someone says, hey, I want to go to Glasgow for 24 hours and I would like you to tell me what to do, an itinerary morning, afternoon and night, what do you tell them to do? Where do you tell them to go? Right. 24 hours. And uh, it can be for the purpose of this, it can be 2011. Okay, great. Yeah, because yeah. so many of the places might be gone. Uh, I would just go for a generic Scottish breakfast. Mm -hmm. And what's, is that different to a full English? Oh, yeah, because you get like, like everything's made. Stuff? Black pudding Yum. Square sausage. It's sausage, but it's square. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, it's better. It's way better. Uh, tatty scones, potato scones. Fucking oh, unreal. Uh, baked beans. Then all your other probably English shit. But yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, it's a good breakfast. That's my fucking favourite meal in the world. You won't need to eat another meal. Um, lucky because you know in our age we probably couldn't take <laughs> do that a Scottish breakfast uh, I loved the Kelvin Grove in the West End mm -hmm. beautiful art gallery have a look around there uh, go walk in the gardens and stuff they used to do this thing called a play a pie and a pint it was like five quid that's unreal unreal that's so um, good that was fun so I'd do that and then, the, yeah, the night's got to be a night out. Like, you could yep. go to the Stan Comedy Club if you wanted to, or you could just go drink in those pubs that I mentioned on Bath Street, underneath the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then end up in the garage Fuck until yeah. all hours. Home party. Beautiful. <laughs> what a Beautiful. night. I love it. That's, that uh, does yeah. sound awesome. And finally, Beck. Uh, if you have ascended, you've ascended to the highest heights in your career. You have all the money in the world, all the acclaim you could ever dream of. When all is said and done, would you consider settling down in Glasgow? 
oh, if I had enough money to take my family with me, I would. Yeah. I would. Beautiful. Unreal place. Yep. Excellent. Moving no to Scrooge qualms. McDuck's old house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Swinging some Man, dollars. Yeah, sounds like he's doing all right for himself. <laughs> yeah. Just going to find an inn with Huey, Dewey, or Louie. Or Louie, yeah. yeah. I'd pick any of them. <laughs> or John Smeaton at this point. I'd live with a hero. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead. I, you know, because you read all those things about Iraq and stuff and, and you just, it gets it puts you off a little bit, but like I obviously it's just there's a couple of bad parts and people just eat a bit too much fried food. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not gonna turn up there and go and die unless you're serving ice cream. I, I also guess. found but out we can get Buckfast from <gasps> Dan Murphy's. Is it got the kind of the caffeine in it? Uh it's called Buckfast Tonic Wine Product Description. Internationally enjoyed, unique tasting tonic wine. The Benedict Mucks of Buckfast Abbey continue to produce okay. the tonic wine today. Oh, I've seen I've seen that label before. All right. Let's okay, get on I it. think this needs to be. This needs yeah, to be. yeah, we need to get some bark. We need to get, yeah. get another buck. He made me do it. I reckon we go three bottles. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really push yeah. the yeah. limits. Our Patreon episode's only 40 minutes <laughs> yeah. as well, so we can really power through. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, Beck, if, if we ever end up getting it, you'll be our first call to I'm do a Patreon episode. There. I'm already excited. Any excuse Maybe we to could just it. find a bunch of Buckfast stories and stuff like that. Yeah, Although they'll probably own. be so fucking <laughs> great. Um, I think sure. it's a whole other podcast. The Buckfast yeah. Abbey Chronicles. Yeah. Beck, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I've got Sydney Comedy Festival coming up, 27th, 28th of April. Uh, otherwise, follow me on Instagram, at Beck Melrose. Beautiful. Awesome stuff. Beck. And we should probably tell you once again that we have a Patreon. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes a month. We have a hell of a good time recording them. And, I mean, if you just listen to this, maybe at some point we'll get so fucked up on Buckfast. <laughs> of absolute garbage. Uh, that could be fun. Uh, but apart from that, thanks for listening. Keep thanks, hitting everybody. us up on socials. We love hearing from you. If you've got any stories or places you want to cover, we would love to hear it. Apart from that, Beck, thank you so much. Thanks so much, thanks for coming on. We'll see fun. you next week, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.